Hypocrisy's the best policy. Wish for change, but lazily. Century of debilitation. Your evolution is a damnation. You know what that music means. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Trav, aka 5 Minute Major, and welcome to HV Pucks Overtime. I'm proud to say this is the only independent outlet dedicated to covering the sport of hockey in our region. What separates me from the mainstream is that you do not need a newspaper or cable TV subscription to access my content. It is 100% free and available on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And by now, you know that one of the things I enjoy the most about hosting this podcast is when I get to sit down with players, coaches, parents, and fans to talk pucks. I recently had the opportunity to chat with Ted Caputo. He is president of the New York Metro Blind Hockey Association. I also got to talk to his son, Timmy, who is a player and an official. And uh, they wanted me to let you know that on Sunday, September 15th, they're going to hold their first skate of the season. It's going to be at 625 p.m. at the Hub in Syosset. So sit back, relax, and enjoy uh, this episode of HV Pucks Overtime. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I am pleased to be joined by Ted Caputo. He is president of the New York Metro Blind Hockey Association. Um, Ted, thank you so much for taking the time out to chat with me this afternoon. How's it going? Great. Thanks for having us. We're very excited to be here on the show and talk a little bit about blind hockey. Oh, my pleasure. It's absolutely my pleasure. Um, tell us about the history of blind hockey. Where did the sport originate? So, blind hockey started in Canada uh, probably about 40 years ago, um, and it wasn't really organized until probably about 10 years ago, okay. and then it finally made its way to the U.S. about five years ago. So, you know, most of the, the pioneers of the sport were originally sighted playing regular hockey, and then as their vision got worse, they got frustrated not being able to, you know, play the game efficiently and competitively, and um, they were looking for other outlets, and they found blind hockey, and and they got back on the ice, and they got back into the sport. I think anything, it's a great idea. Anything that can keep you know athletes connected to what I consider to be the greatest sport on the planet, I am all for. And I definitely want to come out and check out uh, some of your games and some of your different activities and fundraisers this coming season. Um, how long has New York Metro Blind Hockey been around, and how did you become involved in the organization? Uh, so we started back in 2017. Um, I have two sons that are visually impaired. And we got an email asking us if we wanted to try blind hockey. And when we got the email, I had no idea what blind hockey was. Mm-hmm. So you know, I did some research. I found out about it. Um, I got very excited. But unfortunately, the initial event um, never materialized. So oh. I contacted USA Hockey. And um, they told me, you know, why don't you go out and start the program on your own? And, you know, I kind of laughed thinking, you know, how am I going to do this? But, um you know, we, we kind of, you know, started, you know, speaking to different people. Um, I did a lot of research. I relied on friends and volunteers, and um, that kind of, you know, helped us get the program going. And, you know, believe it or not, like, I never played hockey myself, and I can barely skate. But, you know, volunteering is something, like, as a family we love to do, and my kids just absolutely love the sport of hockey. So it just 
seemed like the perfect fit for us. There are some definite commonalities between you and I. Um, the difference is that you can barely skate. I can't skate at all, and I never played. <laughs> and I never played the sport, but I love it. Um, you know, just the same. Um, what it's is absolutely great. Yep. What are some of the challenges associated with uh, blind or visually impaired hockey? Um, I would say some of the biggest challenges are just getting the people to believe that they can do it. Um, you know, obviously for sighted people, skating and playing hockey are difficult enough, and right. now you throw in the vision loss, and it's kind of a really big deal. But, you know, we have we have trained coaches and volunteers that help out, and, um, you know, they really come a long way in a short period of time as long as they stick with it. And, um, you know, just, just getting the people to believe that they can do it is, is probably the biggest challenge. You know, I have, I'm following you guys on social media. And, uh, when I interviewed Sam Chima not too long ago, he, uh, he brought up your organization. So that's another reason why, um, I wanted to reach out and have you guys on the show. And as I mentioned to you before we started recording, um, a good buddy of mine, Pete Giannatempo, um, ran into you and, and helped you out, uh, with an activity and event down at the ice hutch in, um, Mount Vernon not too long ago as well with USA hockey and the Rangers. Um, what are some of the requirements, uh, Ted, to play blind hockey? So here on like the local level with yeah. our team, anyone with vision loss is accepted regardless of their age or skill level. Okay. Um, you know, my dream starting out has always been to make this as inclusive as possible. Sure. And, you know, of course, this is great for developing a skill and keeping in shape. But one of the other benefits that I hope that this program brings to everybody that comes out is, you know, the social level of it. You know, seeing people with similar issues in life, you know, getting together and having fun, it, it's just priceless, and uh, it's great. The Outside the local level, with the officially sanctioned games, um, what they do is they try to balance the teams, meaning um, each person is designated as a, a number, B1, B2, B3, for their vision loss. So they don't want to have too many, let's say, B4s or too many B1s on the ice at the same time. So. Okay. They try to make it fast for everybody playing. Um, how many uh, teams or players, roughly, would you say, are there currently at the local level? Yeah, well, within the past like two years, I would say it really exploded. Um, there's a lot of teams throughout Canada. Um, they're huge up there. And then down here in the U.S., um, we have major cities participating, you know, like D.C., Pittsburgh, Chicago, Hartford, St. Louis, Colorado, um, it's just, it's all over. And, and this year we have teams starting in Texas, California, Maine, um, just to name a few. Amazing. And as a matter of fact, Ted, remind me, you uh, were recently out in Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken, for uh, an event. Right. Yeah, that's that's one of the beauties of um, the blind hockey is that, you know, every once in a while there'll, there'll be an event, um, a blind hockey event where, you know, you could travel to a certain location. Um, a lot of it we do with fundraisers. So, there's not that much cost to the participants and it's just the coolest thing. You know, they, they have different skill levels playing and different age groups and it's, it's really cool. And, and the other cool thing about the sport is, um, USA hockey, their goal is to get this recognized in the Paralympics. Um, and we're definitely well on our way there. Um, as a matter of fact, Moscow is starting a program up, uh, uh the UK, Finland and Sweden, they're all trying to get involved and get programs going. So, we're really hoping that blind hockey will have its first game in, I believe it's the 2026 uh, Paralympics in Italy. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed because that would be an absolutely amazing. Um, Ted, how is the game played as far as rules or equipment goes? 
So yeah, blind hockey is played very similar to you know traditional hockey with a couple of differences. Um, the biggest difference would be the puck. Um, it's larger than a traditional puck. It's made of metal and it's filled with ball bearings. Okay. Um, the, the larger size kind of helps the people with limited vision track it, and sure. the noise helps the people with no vision track it. Hmm. Um, that's, that's, that's interesting. Um, what are the costs... Um, that are associated with playing the sport or, you know, again, with New York Metro blind hockey? Right. I mean, you know, hockey is definitely an expensive sport. Yep. Um, you know, my kids, um, they play mainstream hockey as well as blind hockey. And, uh, you know, ice time, especially here in the Northeast, it's, it's very, very expensive. Um, equipment is expensive. Um, so, you know, through like donations and sponsors and grants, We've done pretty good. Um, we're hoping that we can continue finding sponsors um, and and keep you know applying for these grants and getting them because without that we just wouldn't function. We we haven't asked the players for any contributions up to this point, which I think is pretty cool. No, I think that's great that you've been able to to take this from you know a dream of yours, a vision of yours, an idea you know to actually this organization now. I think it's phenomenal. Um, what's the biggest misconception people have about blind or visually impaired hockey? Um, probably like the people that are not playing it, um, they're probably usually amazed mostly at how fast the game is played because once the player has, you know, experience in training, it moves really fast. I mean, I remember going to my first tournament and watching and it's just, it's pretty amazing what people with vision loss can do once they're trained. I think it's great. I think it's great. And I had a similar experience, Ted. I don't know if I mentioned this to you or not, but uh, I was involved with the New York Rangers sled hockey team. Again, I cannot skate standing up uh, for anything. And I went through I went through a couple of practices with this with the group. We actually practiced up in Westchester where the Rangers, um, the NHL club on the ice surface that they practice on. Went through a couple of practices, felt real good. And then I got into a couple of games. And, and like you said, once the puck drops and we're in we're in game mode i mean it, the, the, it really is fast-paced hard-hitting physical um what are some of your favorite memories i'm sure you have some what are your favorite memories or, or moments uh to date with the organization um i don't know i guess uh i always thought that watching um you know the people at a vision pair come down to skate um to play hockey would be really cool but it was uh actually more amazing watching the volunteers like the smiles on their faces as sure. they came off the ice and they tell me how much fun they had and ask me when the next event will be. Like, I always get a kick out of the volunteers because um, it, it, it's great for community service. It's great for, you know, giving back to people, and it's really cool. And also, I guess, you know, the best thing that I get out of this personally is being able to do something like this with my family. I mean, um, we've, you know, traveled across the country and met, like, some of the nicest people you can imagine. Um, and, of course, you know, it's always great seeing my kids give back and, and learn how to put a program like this together because it, it's so much work and um, they see how satisfying it is, you know, after these events and, and the feedback that they get. So that's some cool stuff. I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's a ton of work, but you know, it's a labor of love. And like you said, the fact that you're, you get to do this with your family and make memories, lifelong memories. I mean, that's huge as well. Ted, can you talk to us a little bit, a little bit about the foreseeable future foundation? Yeah. Um, they're a uh, nonprofit um, based out of New York City, and the creator Griffin Pincow, um, he's he's a young guy that wanted to help the visually impaired, um, I guess, live a more fulfilling life and give them opportunities that, you know, not only will help them with their their mental well-being but also their physical well-being. And 
um, the Foreseeable Future Foundation award us a grant that, you know, goes directly towards ice time, equipment, and travel expenses. And, you know, like I said before, without all this, this program just wouldn't exist. Oh, that that sounds great. Uh, And this is my follow-up question to that. Uh, Does New York Metro Blind Hockey partner currently with any professional leagues or any teams or, you know, any other, you know, types of organizations? Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you asked. Um, Our big announcement that I say for the show was uh, the New York Rangers reached out to us and they want to partner up and help us out. So what they're going to do with us is do a free try-it event. It'll be later in the season where we'll have, you know, open ice for anybody that wants to come out. Um, They'll have their staff there and um, we'll be all set up to have, you know, one-on-one volunteer ratio and people will come out and then uh, that will eventually lead into a learn to skate program um, that we'll have with the New York Rangers um, to get people, you know, on a more steady basis skating. Uh, We're really excited about it. I have to tell you, that is absolutely amazing news. Uh, I'm so thrilled for you. I'm so thrilled for the the players, the participants. Uh, that that's great that the New York Rangers are are officially partnering with uh, New York Metro Blind Hockey. I've got a couple more questions for you, Ted, before we switch gears and speak with your son Timmy. Um, if mo- most importantly, Ted, if people want to get in touch with you for more information, how can they go about doing that? Um, you know, of course, we're on social media, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you know, if you want to, you know, learn more about us, maybe see some videos and some pictures and check out our blog. Um, the website is great. So, uh, the organization is called New York Metro Blind Hockey and the website would be the initials nymbh.org. Okay, perfect. Perfect. And I follow you on, uh, both Twitter and Instagram. Um, so last question here for you, Ted. If there's one thing you want people to know about blind or visually impaired hockey that you haven't already mentioned, you know, what would that be? Um, just, you know, like it's amazing what you can do if you just try. I mean, um, I've met some very brave and determined people. Um, it's not easy when you start falling down at these practices, but they get right back up. Um, you know, and, and the coolest thing is I know that some of my players will eventually be able to wear you know, a Team USA jersey and represent us in international competitions and the Paralympics. And, you know, I'm just asking people that are listening if they know someone's visually impaired or they're visually impaired, um, just give us a try. You know, we have our dates listed on our website. All I ask is for an RSVP so we can have volunteers down there. Sure. Um, it's free and there's no commitment, so... And I, and I absolutely love the tagline that hockey is for everyone because, again, that's one of the things that makes this sport so great. Ted, thank you so much for taking some time out. Um, I'm really interested in, in coming out to an event. And, again, I'm thrilled to hear about the possibility of it becoming a Paralympic sport. And I'm thrilled to hear about the uh, New York Rangers' involvement with your organization. I think that's great. Um, switching gears, you mentioned uh, in the beginning that you have two sons. Uh, we're going to talk to Timmy now. I've got a couple of questions for him. Timmy, you there? Yeah, I am. Awesome. Right awesome. So, Timmy, how old were you when you first started skating, and who introduced you to the sport? So, when I was first starting to skate, I was really, um, I was kind of stepping into the game a little bit late. Okay. So, I I would say around, like, 12 years old, okay. I started skating. I'm 16 right now, and my I think my brother really introduced me to the sport because I started watching some of his deck hockey games, and I was, like, really, really wowed and amazed and really impressed by what he was doing and also the sport itself i was like 
after that, I was immediately hooked on like hockey in general, and I started to get skating lessons. Started watching the NHL like all the time, and so I really, you know, I um really got onto the hook with my brother and my family. Yeah, that's how I kind of got introduced to the sport. Um, some of my buddies played in high school, and I would go watch them play, and that led to an interest in the NHL. And then when I started working as a school counselor for uh, a local school district and got to know some of the players um, and to see them on the ice, you know, leaving it all out there and, and in some cases winning championships, it just really resonated with me. Um, Timmy, yeah. is there is there an embarrassing on-ice moment that you can share with us? Oh, for sure. <laughs> I'd say the one that comes to mind right away is definitely my first ever ice hockey shift um, <laughs> with a, for a rec team in my hometown. And so I step onto the ice like for my first shift off the boards, and I just fall right on my face. Oh, no. It was definitely the most embarrassing moment of my career, but now that I look back at it, it's definitely funny and definitely worth it absolutely you need to have stories like that too when you're sitting around yeah. the locker room with your buddies uh three more questions for you favorite professional hockey player past or present oh that, i mean that's a hard one um you can give me more than I like, one <laughs> i like and respect a lot of the players in the league um but i mean as well as some of the retired players i'd say my favorite is definitely steven stamkos um it might be a surprise because he's from Florida and we're in New York, but I'd say him and also Casey Sezikis of the New York Islanders. Okay. Love them both. All right, and that leads me to my next question. Favorite professional hockey team? <laughs> Islanders for sure. Okay. Islanders. All right, so as an Islander fan, let me ask you your opinion on the 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 deal to bring the team back to Belmont. You've got arguably one of the best GMs in the league, arguably one of the best coaches in the league. Um but I don't know if you guys did enough during the off season, so I know I don't want to throw too much at you. But you know, as an Islander fan, I just wanted to get your uh, your thoughts, your opinions on those topics. Yeah, I mean, I'm really happy. Uh, I was very, very proud of my team last season because they had a great run in the playoffs. They uh, swept my least favorite team, the Penguins, <laughs> and they really made some big moves. Um, however, I think that the the uh, subtraction of Robin Leonard and Valtteri Filpula. I'm not a big fan of that move. Right. I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I'm kind of looking forward to next season. Yeah, I mean, it's better for the sport, in my opinion, when the Islanders, the Devils, the Rangers, I happen to be a Ranger fan, but we both hate Pittsburgh, so that's good. You're a good guy in my book. Um, You know, it's better for the sport when all three local teams are competitive, when all three local teams are doing well. Um, So it's my understanding that you officiated your first game today, Timmy. Congratulations on that. Um, How do you think your experience as a player will help you as an official? Yeah, thank you. Um, I think that knowing the game is the most important aspect of officiating because sure. you need to know literally a lot of things. I mean, it's crazy the amount of studying and different topics I had to look at before prior to the game. So I'd say being a player really, really helps me because I, I'm already used to the atmosphere and the rules of the game. So... It's, I'm definitely at an advantage, so that really helps me being a player. Awesome, awesome. Can, yeah. 
Timmy, listen, best of luck to you uh, with the school year that just started. Certainly best of luck on the ice, not only as an official, but certainly as a player. I appreciate you taking some time out to chat with me this evening. Um, And Ted, Ted, are you still there? Yeah, hey, Travis. Right. No, no problem. I just wanted to thank you again. Uh, I've had the pleasure of chatting with Ted and Timmy Caputo. Uh, Ted is president of the New York Metro Blind Hockey Association, and his son Timmy is uh, a player and is also an official. Um, it some really exciting stuff we talked about here on the show. And, and again, I really hope I can get out to uh, an event, a fundraiser, uh, meet you guys in person, and uh, check out a game at some point. You're, you're always welcome to come out. We'd love to have you. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. Uh, it's been my pleasure. This is your boy, Trav, and you're listening to HV Pucks Overtime. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, hello there. Uh, this is uh, Happy Gilmore, and uh, you're listening to the HV Pucks Podcast, available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Now back to the show. I hope you enjoyed this episode of HV Pucks Overtime. And if there are any topics you'd like me to address or guests you'd like to hear from, please tweet me at TravJack71 as I do this podcast for you. You can also find me on Instagram at 5 underscore min underscore major. This is your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5 Minute Major, and I'll see you at the rink.